Welcome, Robert. Triple R. Triple R. Robert's joining me today. The number one guy. The number one guy on the site. The number one guy's joining me on my little podcast. <laughs> Robert, welcome and welcome and welcome. Please feel as as open and welcome and as like free to share whatever it is you want to share with zero judgment for me. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join me for this on this platform. And like we were just discussing, <laughs> what's, what's silly, and I'm like, it's weird for me to just open up with this, but sure, I'm going to say it right from the beginning. Like I asked you if you had checked out the show or anything. And, and you were like, nah, let's just let's just keep it fresh. I didn't check. I mean, I figure figure go with the flow on it. And uh, that's kind of what I did too. I didn't I didn't I didn't listen to any of your stuff or read any of your stuff. But what I saw, which which is exciting to me, is that your your thing right away says high energy. And that's that's my that's my life. I'm gonna I'm gonna just bite the bait on that and we're gonna we're gonna just open up and give you the platform to absolutely say whatever the heck you want to say uh, see, like i said i can tell already we're gonna have fun because when you go with the flow and and i love that you asked is there any kind of topics or anything you don't want to discuss and i'm like no just that you know why do we need to edit just let's have right. some fun you know your audience better than i know it so mm. you take me on a journey Corey, and let's see where this goes uh, okay okay well so the the first the first thing I kind of want to unbox a little bit is when when you're a, a considered a teacher is that more like a like a classroom teacher or is like you're doing big group events and you're a speaker in that in that sort of way a little combination of both I actually normally will do three to five day trainings where mm -hmm. I have an audience of anywhere from a hundred to 6,000 people in each audience, and I'm on stage for up to 12 hours a day. So no. I consider myself a life-transforming trainer. Okay. That's, that's a lot of time to be on stage. It, it is. And, and that's why I'm I high energy, because it's not just me speaking and people listening. I use what's called accelerated learning, where I'm doing some training, but the audience is so involved, we put them in processes. I'm a breakthrough expert, meaning... Just if you know who Tony Robbins is, think of me as a shorter version of him. I've never heard of. I've never. I've never heard of Tony Robbins. Is he? Is he good? Is he good? I he's, never, he's amazing. He's amazing. Well, he's he's taller than you, though. Is that what you're saying? Very much. He he's quite a bit taller than me. His hands are massive, and yeah. and you know, so like him, I I get to work with people and help them understand what's held them back in life and mm -hmm. how to move through it. And so on the, even though I'm three to five days on stage, the audience doesn't even realize they're sitting there for 12 hours or more. You know, one of the five day camps I used to teach, we'd go from 6 a.m. till 1 a.m. for four and a half days straight. And the people just have such transformation. It's mind blowing. So what's the, what's the method in finding what it is in a person that's holding them back from whatever their internal greatness is? Well, it's a lot of, there's a lot of processes you can do. And so if I'm doing a training where I'm working on specifically finding someone's purpose and passion in life, mm -hmm. I'm going to start looking at the clues of what do you enjoy, uh, all those things. And then there's some games that we'll play to pull out of them awareness of how they've been holding themselves back. Now, if I'm teaching something on the mindset of creating wealth and being able to do, you know, what started my journey, 
my wife and I were over $150,000 in debt. Domino's pizza franchisees. Mm-hmm. Eight years in at this point. Deep that in was debt. Back, back when it was called Domino's Pizza. Now it's just Domino's, no pizza. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and it's just Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to actually even still when it was um, owned by the founder, Tom Monahan. You know, mm-hmm. we finished up being franchisees right as the new company came and bought Domino's Pizza out. And I'll tell you, back then we're stressed out and nothing like financial stress, Corey, that I've experienced. And we went into a three-day weekend and all of a sudden we learned why we were in debt. We took ownership of why we were in debt because realizing there's no one to blame. We, our decisions based on how our upbringing, our blocks and stuff were, we were in debt. But then third, we learned some specific actions we could take that if we wanted to get out of debt, and we did something that very few people do. Now, I don't know if you're aware of the statistic, but in North America, only 3% of people actually do something with the information they've learned. 3%, that's it. Most people don't take action. They leave and they leave a weekend and go, oh, that was fun. I think it'll change my life, but then they do nothing with it and wonder why their life doesn't change, right? Oh man. oh, man, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I remember saying in the conversation, how many people do you know in your everyday life? How many people do you do you interact with where you're like, this is a happy person? Do, doesn't, happen. doesn't happen. Doesn't nope. happen. Doesn't happen that much. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and they get stuck. Mm-hmm. And, and then they don't know why. So we, my wife and I said, you know what? We're going to do some, we're going to take action. We're, we're tired of the stress. We're tired of the, being in this way. And by putting things into action, we actually went, from being over $150,000 in debt to actually retiring completely financially free nine months later at the age wow. of 32. Wow. And that's what our minds went. Our minds went, wow, that worked. <laughs> wow, yeah. And we realized if that much information gave us the results we got, what would more do? And that's when I started finding my passion was to be a trainer. And so when I'm teaching people about financial freedom, because for the last 18 plus years, I've actually taught that three-day program that changed my wife and I's life, financial life. There is helping people understand from what they heard, saw, and experienced as children, that's what they're now making all their financial decisions based on. Mm-hmm. So it could be a block in something as simple as money doesn't grow on trees or what mm-hmm. am I made of money? Right. People it's don't pat- realize it's patterns that you have to unlearn. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. And so there's, depending on what I'm working with people on, Corey, it depends on what techniques I would use to help them figure out the block and then one of the biggest things that makes the training I do so different from a lot of others is I don't just help people change. There's three elements of change awareness. You've got to be aware. There's something you want changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and the awareness is first. Then we help people get the understanding, understanding where that programming came from. Why is it in their life? Why has it been impacting them? And then the third thing is reconditioning. See, so right on the spot in a training will actually cellular change will help someone get a cellular change in their DNA so that they look at things a lot differently. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one of the things that I love to do. So walk me through, if you, you don't have to walk me step by step through, but just kind of give me a, a better, right. So a huge passion of mine, which I, I don't know if you know, but uh, comedy, stand-up comedy is a humongous goal of mine. It's I've been I've been doing open mics since 2008. So nice. I I'm 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 a crazy 
crazy nut for stand-up comic or for stand-up comedians. And a lot of the guests on my show, if you look back at the archives, have been a lot of comedians. So comedians, <laughs> comedians and the comedian mindset is sort of like what what kind of like lights my fire a little bit. So when you say to me, when you tell me, hey, Cor, I'm on the stage for 12 hours, I'm like, what? I can't, uh, I, uh, what? That's a that's a lot of time. So when when it comes to okay, also I know all the people who who have attended it have purchased that experience, knowing that you're giving them that experience. So in in comedy for me so far, the experience has been most of the people aren't there because they paid to see me. You got so, yeah. So I gotta make I gotta make sure I stand out from from the jamokes and the jabronis that are coming before and after me. So I gotta. Well, but see, see, that's a conclusion that you just drew, Corey. Is when I started training because of my mentor, I was mm -hmm. the first person to ever train his material. So I went into several rooms where they were expecting to see him. They paid mm -hmm. to see him. And then this short guy would show up on stage and they're like, you don't look like him. But, and so I had a very short time to basically start winning people over. And you're talking, when I started training, a small audience was of 1,500, 2,000 people in an audience. Mm -hmm. And I would actually have people walk out, just like an economy routine. People mm -hmm. would walk out because, you know, they get stuck on whatever, either you're not funny or you're not the person I came to see. Why am I sitting here listening to you? And so I have to learn to be me. And that's the biggest difference is I could take a system. And what's interesting with you loving stand-up comedy is when I train trainers, because I've been blessed to train thousands of trainers all over the world, how to do the kind of uh, experiential trainings I do. One of the ways I help them get better is I have them watch stand-up comedy. I have them watch the greats because it's about the pauses. The hook and then the change direction. Can, can I can I can I get a list of what's the greats that you tell them to study? And 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 may I perhaps add some lists, add some list or some some greats to that list for you to help your trainees? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I compare because the, the one guy I love watching is um, I, I love Kevin Hart. Okay, love Kevin Hart. Yeah, you know, be just awesome. because of his work ethic as well, and just who he is as a person, right? I got, I got, I got, I got like, I get chills from Kevin Hart. Um, not not only not only because he's uh, hysterical, and because and because he's a hard hard worker, but he's a, he's a Philly kid like me. <laughs> so I can't, oh, there you go, there so, you go. So it's we've got that 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 connection in that. But I yeah, mean, and it's not something I, it's not something we we know or talk about. But, I, you know, we're from the same area. There you go. And, and I'm look, I'm Googling his name right now because, of course, I I ended up there's one guy. I know his last name. There it is. There it is. That's who I was looking for. Ron White. I oh, love okay. Ron White. You know, just his slow delivery, dry mm -hmm. sense of humor. But then he can hit you with such a zinger. Right. Yeah. 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 So, He's a he's a great he's been a, a great guest on uh, Joe Rogan a bunch of times. I've listened to all his episodes when he's on, whenever he's on Rogan. I listen to them right away. Oh, nice! And and that's the thing is is so when you're talking about how would you do twelve hours? Well, one of the things that you have to understand is it's not always me talking. 
And because mm -hmm. I do love to have fun, I warn people right off the bat. I'll tell them my jokes are not funny. Uh, and I'll give you my best joke right off the bat of the whole three day weekend. So you know what to expect. And because I get to teach all over the world, my Canadian jokes do not translate in a lot of countries. They just don't. And so I'd be saying a joke and I'd look out at the audience and here's what I'm getting back. Well, you guys don't have Tim Hortons. Right. And then, then I will turn around and say something that no one laughs at in North America. Right. And all of a sudden I've got the audience rolling in hysterical so a friend of mine a mentor he taught me a cool thing because i can be in on a stage where i have up to six languages being translated all simultaneously and so what i'll do when i meet with my translators i'll say look my humor may not translate you may not understand my joke so if there's ever time because i've had translators when i say a joke and they don't understand it they just quit speaking and quit speaking is not a good thing when they're supposed to be translating what i'm saying so what I've coached him on, as I said, and this is what my friend taught me, he said, look, I tell my translator, if you don't understand my joke, just simply translate to the microphone. The trainer just told a joke, laugh, please. <laughs> and see, that's, that's what I love, Corey, because when I know when the translator has done that, because I get the biggest laugh out of my audience right <laughs> you know what i what i've been doing uh, lately is like this is this is cheap as hell but i'll be like i'll be like all right guys uh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna start yet but in a minute i'm gonna be recording this set and could you guys just laugh a little bit harder at my jokes because it's gonna be on my podcast it's really never on my podcast but it's like even if you don't think it's that funny just kind of like yeah give me a little bit more gratuitous laughter <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've only tried that once and it went over really well, <laughs> but, but I would never, it's, it feels too hacky. It feels too hacky. But you know, if you do it's it, lie. You, that's, that's called what's called a context. Mm -hmm. When you're setting a context, see, and, and it, whether you're a comedian, whether you're a speaker, whether you're a trainer, even like lawyers know this, it's never about the words you use. It's about the space that you create. So when I go in on a, when I'm teaching a trainer, I'll actually say to him, your data does not matter. Mm -hmm. And they're like, pardon me? I said, if you think it's all about the words you're going to say, you're going to be up here mm -hmm. and you're going to be disconnected from your audience. You Same with comedians. That, you got to get in that vibe, bro. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. You, you've got to be able to be connected with the audience because mm -hmm. if you're connected, then you can notice, let's take being a comedian. Right. If your audience is sitting there and all of a sudden it's just they're not landing, but you keep doing the same thing because yeah, and over and over and over again, because it's what you know and what you practice, it's going to fall dead. It's, what's on, there, it's what's on the page. But I mean, <laughs> let's let's also like take it back for one second, just to just just to under, just to understand where uh, I've learned in wrestling. So like as far as the structure of a wrestling match, it's like. We, there are there are spots there are spots that you've planned on doing and maybe it's not going the right way so you call audibles and that yeah. that's something that i learned in wrestling that i do in comedy because it's like man wrestling really prepared me for this whole comedy thing right because if you're just going to sit there and go okay at this point i'm supposed to bounce off the ropes but wait, it's the turnbuckle. I can't bounce off that. And if you're so rigid, the audience can be looking at you like you're trying to plan every freaking move. This is terrible. And you know, I grew up watching Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. 
-hmm. And I remember the first time those two came together and it was always entertaining because Andre the Giant was just so big and lumbersome. He didn't have to really have the technical stuff down because no one else could lift him. But Hulk Hogan was a master of being able to call those audibles. Mm -hmm. And just like in speaking in comedy, the audience loves a comeback. You'd have Hulk Hogan, he's, he's beat down. He's got no more energy. And all of a sudden he'd start getting that hand going. He'd start rattling up the audience and they'd start jumping at him and they'd be like cheering. And all of a sudden the next moment, he'd do the block and he'd pummel. And then all of a sudden he'd make the comeback and the pin and the crowd goes wild. Well, well the thing, the thing, the main, main thing, let's, let's, <laughs> let's go into the, into the Hulk up spot. The Hulk up spot. Yeah, you gotta you gotta call that in your uh, in your in your events. The thing is, the guy throws three punches at him, and he just eats them. He just eats them for breakfast, and then he goes, he does a big head shake. No, and he he shakes his finger at you, and then he throws you three punches that land, throws you off the ropes. Big boot, leg drop, hot dog and a handshake. You're out of here. You big loser. Yeah, <laughs> and. and- and that's it. That's where when you, like anything, own the craft. Right. Put in the work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. See, and that's what a lot of people don't know. They like right. to see the result of, uh, you know, like a Hulk Hogan, like a Corey Castle, do a pin. And they go, oh, I wish I could do that. But then they don't realize the work that goes behind the scenes to allow you to be able to have the finish that you have. And that's what's important. I, I got to ask you two quick things. One, what's your what's your worst joke that you say you open with? What's that joke? I need to hear it. You brought it up and you just eased, <laughs> you just breezed right past it, and you didn't say what it was. Could you please tell me what your bad joke was? Oh no, it, it's different for every training. I do about sixteen different trainings, uh, and it's a different joke for each one. Okay. And it's just to set the, the stage for people. <laughs> and so it could be something as quirky as you know. I'll ask people. I'll say. Um, how many of you think I speak quickly and all these hands will go up and I'll say, well, take your left hand, put it to your left ear and dial up how quickly you listen. Okay. We're good now. Let's continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And also the other thing, thing number two that was in my brain, it's a thing that, that I'm thinking of because we're talking about Hulk Hogan right now, but have you ever watched Hulk Hogan and didn't believe that he believed he belonged in there. Like he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew ex- he belonged there. He like, he, he had the confidence. Yeah. Like he was, he was there for the purpose of putting on that, sh- that performance for, for entertaining. Yeah. For, he, he, that's this is a thing like when you say when I when I when I teach kids, this is me when I when I teach people, when I teach kids, I always say when you're when you got okay, every every school has a, a football team and a baseball team and a soccer team and a wrestling team. Uh every every uh every uh martial arts school is in like a shopping center, you can find them everywhere. Uh how many wrestling schools have you seen? Yeah, very few. Now, very- well, now I grew up in I grew up a lot in Alberta, which is where I live now. Right. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's and, and so you know the heart. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were going there. 
I Wayne Gretzky'd you on that one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I grew up in the era when the Edmonton Oilers won five Stanley Cups, and mm-hmm. it was Gretzky's time. And then how the mm-hmm. city exploded when he got sold to the and traded to the you know L.A. Kings. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, I I spent last sixteen years before moving here to living in Calgary, where the Hart family is, mm-hmm. and being able to watch the, them do their wrestling shows. Oh my goodness, I grew up with them as a kid watching that. <laughs> so let me, let me just continue before I forget where I was going. So <laughs> the, the, the thing is, I said, being in this business, and I was saying, I was saying the word elite before AEW was a thing, but being in this business, you are such a small elite niche of people. Like you are a different brand. So believe that you belong here just as much as you believed you belonged here enough to seek, seek this school out. So when it comes to being in this ring and it comes to walking around, walk around with confidence. Like I belong here because I mean, any, any jerk can be any other kind of athlete or any other kind of performer, but only the people who truly love this and have the heart for it will like jump inside this, inside this, this wave of pro wrestling and ride it yeah and, and there's no guarantees at all that you're ever no. going to get anywhere and here i am here i am uh 19 years and i've never earned a living i've never earned a living off of it but it's it's definitely something that's taught me a lot of tremendous lessons about who i want to be and the things that i want to do and especially like as far as like structuring out uh a comedy bits or uh, maybe making my podcast more interesting, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things is what I don't know if a lot of people realize that don't watch wrestling is wrestlers, in my opinion, are some of the greatest athletes out there to be able to take the hits, the, the jumps and landing and the elbow drops and the, oh my, you know, that takes being a great athlete to be able to handle something like that and to be able to entertain at the same time to be able to sit there and say, what does the audience want? Because really we're here to deliver entertainment with a great show. And it takes a lot of physical. But see, now that's the same in any arena. Take the being a great athlete out of it. To be a top author, you've gotta be great at your craft. To be a, a great singer and hit the chart, you've gotta be great and put the work in behind the scenes. Any arena, if you wanna make a living or, or hopefully get some fame, it doesn't come, you know, what's that saying? They're a 20 year overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> it took 20 years to get that, what people perceive. A uh, great example. You've heard of the song Gangnam Style, right? You remember Gangnam Style from 2012? Yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, one hit wonder, Psy, you know, he'll never achieve another number one hit song. But what they don't realize, if you actually researched him, his overnight success of the of Gangnam Style, he was actually he went to the U.S. to be a doctor or lawyer, something that his parents sent him from Korea. You're going to be a doctor or lawyer. While he's in school, he had the courage to say, this is not what I want. I want to be an entertainer. And he dropped out of school. Mm-hmm. Now, his parents, because they said, if you're not going to do that, we're not paying for your education. They made him come back home. So he had the courage to follow his passion being an entertainer. And for 12 years... He was starting to gain success in Korea. He got married, had twin daughters, and he was putting the work in. And when it came to Gangnam Style, 
that move he's known for is called the horsey. He went through 50 animals to come up with that one move for that quirky little um, video that ended up not only getting him known, but let me teach. Did you know, Corey, did you know this, that one song changed YouTube? Did you know that? No. Okay. Here's no. why. Please it tell me. YouTube and, yeah. First, it was the very first video ever. And we're talking the official video, not even all the offshoots that people did. It was the first video ever to get one billion views on YouTube. Okay. So that cracked it open for, there's now videos that from, it's in the top 10 still, but there's videos that have had 4 billion, 5 billion views, right? But it actually forced, because of his one video, it forced YouTube to actually recode their whole back end. And the reason is, is because in computer programming, and I'm not an expert, I just learned this, there's an algorithm that a lot of programs use. And it's a long string of number, but it's like 1.2 something billion is this algorithm. And YouTube was using this in their programming because they never envisioned anyone getting to a billion views for one video. So all of a sudden Gangnam Style gets 100 million views, 200 million views, 300 million views. YouTube starts freaking out because they know if it hits 1.2 whatever number, billion number, it's going to crash gonna... all of YouTube. Right. They're going to crash. They're going to be like Y2K for yeah. YouTube. <laughs> right. So they actually had to reprogram and put in a larger algorithm to handle one song from a one-hit wonder that was an overnight success 12 years in the making. Was that he, was he uh, did he audition for American Idol or something? Or was that I don't know if I think that's someone uh, different. Oh, no, that is something different. That's like William Hong yeah. or something. Yeah, I, I got them confused because I knew the one-hit wonder uh whatever whatever that the shame on that was. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and so when you this is why I love to study people. I love reading and watching biographies because I don't want to see someone's results only. I want to know their journey. I want to know what did it take for them to get there. So that's why I love studying like Sai and and what was his journey to really get to Gangnam Style. And look, for the, all those haters and doubters, his one song from that one song alone was so financially cash flowed, he'll never have to work a day in his life if he ever never wants to. Right. And and so how many people wish they could have a one hit wonder overnight success like that, right? Well, you said uh, just like you, uh, retired and financially independent at 32. I mean, how I don't know how old Cy is, but it's pro he's probably not too much older than that, if not younger. Yeah, he's point. right around that age. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, in 2012, he was, I think, right around the 30 year or 33, 34 year old. Uh -huh. yep. Man. You, yeah. you're, and you're, you're, you're now you said you weren't an expert on YouTube, but it seems like you're an expert on Psy <laughs> because I, I, when things like that, man, got my just... attention, I study, man, I like to study success. That's why my book success left a clue is I mm -hmm. love to study the clues that successful people leave behind and then implant. And, and here's the reason I study it so much. What I teach, Corey, is what I need in my life. So, and then the others get the benefit that I've learned it and it's helped me through struggles. So if they get a benefit, that's like a bonus. Mm. And, and that's where fulfillment comes from as well. I get yeah. to do what I love and I get to really help people at the same time. What better is there than that? Well, well like you, you said 
you said a thing uh, on something else. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fully fibbing when I tell you, <laughs> when I, when I tell you I didn't, didn't research you, but in your thing, you said, um, if, if you can turn something around for one person, there's the fulfillment in that. And that's, I, I feel very much that way about, about this, about me doing this. Cause I feel like, uh, of course, like sometimes I'll make the joke and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get, I'll get discouraged and I'll be like, um, um, a tree falling in the woods, you know, I'm putting out all these good messages that no one's, no one's, no one's ingesting or no one's zooming. Right. It's like, here I am at 249 episodes and it's like, like people, people might see what this is and not go back and listen to the other 200 and some episodes where I stunk. You know what I mean? Like, but it's a, it's an evolving process. Yeah. My favorite quote from one of my mentors, every master was once a disaster. And that is so true. And see your 249 episodes, every single time you've gone a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And that's the journey of it. And you know, that's, that's for me, like when I talked about, that's how my training journey started. When my wife and I created the financial freedom, it was, if we could even help one person go from financial stress to financial freedom and make it all worthwhile. And because I started with one person that I wanted to impact, I've now personally trained over half a million people in live trainings around the world. And so the ripple effect of that. So let's go back to your podcast, Corey. See, one of the cool things is, is you never know, you never know who's going to tune in and listen. And all of a sudden something you said or a guest said in that moment changed their life. Or they got an impact and because they made a little bit of a change in their life, it impacted someone in their life's life. And not only will you not maybe even know, the beautiful part is, is you don't need to know. Your ripple effect is going out because you have the tenacity to keep doing this. How many people, I, I was, an, I love it. I was an, uh, a guest on a podcast called Don't Quit. And the guy openly admitted, he said, the reason I keep doing this sometimes is because of my own title, Don't Quit. He said, how can I quit when my podcast is titled Don't Quit? And he said, someone else a few years ago came up with the exact same title, called their podcast Don't Quit. They did three episodes and then they quit. Right. Yeah, like See, that's, that's part of like going into... Part of the show is called Evolving. And from the beginning, I said, I'll do this till I'm dead. Because once you stop evolving, you stop living. So yes. even as discouraged as I am, I have to go back to exactly what you were saying about somebody turning, turning one person. I don't even need to know who they are. If they just come across me and they be inspired by whatever messages I've got or whatever journeys I've shared with them or my guests have shared with them. Uh, I want to quote the movie 50 first dates right now. When, ah, I love it. Adam Sandler, when, Drew Barrymore. Right. <laughs> when he says, what are you, what, is she, what are you going to do when she grows up and she's, and she's uh, old, like, or something. And then the dad was like, I think about that every goddamn day of my life. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think about that every goddamn day of my life. So when I think about, when I think about being discouraged or I go, oh, you know, you know, maybe I should take a break from it or maybe I shouldn't put it out anymore. But, you know what? That's that's probably a good reason why I have so many in the back 
you know, so many, so many categories, so many, you know, archived already, already to come out, already scheduled, because it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to get burnt out on it if I can, if I can have enough that I could take a couple of weeks and not do any, but they're still right. going to be, they're still going to be coming out. And, yeah. uh, and what your listeners, what I want them to understand is the brilliance of what you're doing goes on so many levels because the other level is because you're recording every podcast, you now have books already written in your podcast. You have, you can repurpose the information in so many ways that impacts so many other people. You know, I, I took, I did 104 episodes of my podcast, but I haven't recorded one in over two years. And most of them, out of 104 episodes, four of them were interviews. The other 100 is while I'm traveling around the world, something comes to my mind, I write it down on my phone. And when I'm in a hotel ready to do a training, I'll knock off four or five podcasts that are five to 10 minutes long each. And the reason I did it to start with was I knew that some of my most brilliance comes in when I'm just in the moment talking. So I started recording it. And now I'm taking all those episodes and I had my assistant categorize them into groups. And now I'm writing eBooks from all these different categories. And I don't have to do the work again. It's already written because every episode I have transcribed. Well, so you, the brilliance of 260 some odd episodes or 40 episodes, you've got so much knowledge that you can get out to people in so many ways. It's phenomenal. So, so uh, I, I took this up. So I'm a huge fan of, uh, do you know, do you know Mark Marin? The name uh, doesn't sound familiar. He's, he's a comedian. Bill Burr. Do you know Bill Burr? Yeah. Okay. So Bill Burr will do bits on his, he'll do like rants on his, on his podcast and then they'll like wind up on stage later. So the amount of times I've taken jokes that I've come up with from episodes and put them on stage and like, and like applied it. It's it's freaking rad. It's really cool. I I really yeah. dig that. But I get the chance to like the multi like I get to get multi purpose out of these conversations. Yes, and and you I imagine you've met some pretty amazing people as your guests, right? No, no, they've all sucked. Everybody sucked. Yeah, I, I, that's what I figured. I was just hoping I, that maybe I, I got I, a little different. No, no, you. I mean, you're the you're the best. You're the best one so far. Everybody else has sucked really bad. <laughs> I I told I told in the start I was like, hey, the number one guy, the number one guy is on my show, so it's only it's only going downhill from here. <laughs> okay, you got twenty minutes to quit saying that, Corey. Go on, twenty minutes to quit saying all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, just continue, continue with the flattery, please. That's right, right, right. Stop it some more. Stop it some more. And, <laughs> and, and look, having fun—that's another one of my big beliefs. If I don't enjoy doing what I'm doing, I'm going to do something else. How many people wake up in the morning and they go, oh, I don't want to go to work today. I hate my job. Whereas I get to wake up and go, even if I'm tired, even if I'm sore, I wake up going, today's going to be an awesome day. You know, there's a big difference there. Well, Rob, I want to say just so this this applies. Um, I, 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 um, I hate my job. I really don't like what I do in, in the day, but that's just my job. That's the means to be able to do the other stuff and keep my lights on, keep my, you know, keep my bills paid. And like, for sure, like if this could be my job, yeah, absolutely. I'd want that to be my job. But I, um, I, I recognize the practicality of just needing to keep the lights on 
And the job okay. doesn't, the job isn't defining me. And that's, I think what some people just take the role of what their job is and they make that, that who they are. And it's like, nah, you're, you're, you can't be defined. You, you can't be defined yeah. at all. Like, so that, that might and, be. And look, Corey, I'll, I'll put it like this. Cause I have this conversation with a lot of students and I have no problem that if someone takes a job or something to provide for the family, to make a need, uh, uh, get the, the means as long as they don't get caught up in making it the permanent. Because mm -hmm. if you're spending, say, 40 hours a week at a job that you don't enjoy, are you really living life? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so can you take, if you're sitting there and saying, okay, to provide for my family, because I'll never tell someone to do something crazy that their family pays the price financially and, and lifestyle. But if you can sit there, one of my mentors, I love his saying, he says, we earn a living from nine to five. Mm -hmm. We create a life from five to nine. And so if you're earning a living and it's something you're not enjoying, as long as you're then part-time doing something to, that you love to start creating. And see, I'm a big believer, and I've done this with thousands of students. I don't care what your passion is. I don't care what you love. I can show you how to make money doing what you love. Because my goal is, is money is just a beautiful side effect. See, I get to do what I do, traveling all over the world, having fun, empowering people, and I'm living my passion. Now, do I get paid a lot of money to do it? Yeah, but that's a side effect of me living my passion. So if I can show someone how to take what they love and start making money at it, even if they have to start part-time with the goal of replacing their full-time income so that they can get rid of what was their income that they had to do to support the family, and now they get to live their passion and make money doing it, that to me is a fulfilled life, if that makes sense. So that's, and, and look, people just don't know what they don't know. And so some people go, but I can't make money doing what I love. But you spend time with me and I'm going to drill in and we're going to find creative ways where you can do what you love and make money doing it. Maybe it won't be millions and millions, but if you can make more than enough to have a great living without having to do a job you hate, is that a win? Yep. Is that living a better life? Yep. That's the way I look at it. So, uh, can, can I, uh, encourage you to start doing your podcast again? People need this voice. People need to be encouraged <laughs> this way. <laughs> so, well, because of podcast or because of pod match and all the amazing people I've been meeting, I am probably going to start doing my podcast again and I'm going to do it where I'll probably bring it titled after like my original podcast is success left a clue based on my international bestselling book. But now that I'm writing my new book, which is called The Authority Key, How to Unlock and Open Your Doors to Success, I would probably title my new podcast, The Authority Key, and I'd bring on authorities in all different realms and, and arenas and make it mostly guests. Because I'm meeting so many amazing people on Podmatch, it'll be easy to bring on phenomenal people. Well, I'd like to volunteer myself. <laughs> <laughs> And absolutely, if I called you up and said, Corey, I want you to be on my podcast because I want you to talk about your experience as a wrestler, as transitioning into stand-up comedy, would you be willing to come on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I could talk about tons of crap. I could talk about like lots of, lots of things that, but uh, you know what, instead, instead of, instead of waiting, why don't we right now pretend like this is your podcast and we'll just 
we'll just replatform or repurpose this conversation later. Absolutely. Any, any questions that you want to ask me, absolutely feel free. Because and you know, I I say that only to make sure I I I cement this point. Um, yeah. I one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, and I've said it on the show a billion times. So anybody who's heard it before, prepare to hear it again. This will be your one billion and one. One billion in once? That's not one. That's not a word. Once. I love it though. You just created a new word. That's awesome. <laughs> one billion and one billion and, and first. What? One. One billion and. How would you? How would you uh, verbalize that? <laughs> well, if you've heard it a billion times, you're now going to hear it one more time over a billion. I don't know because yeah. so, I like oh, I like the one billion and once. One billion and one billion and once. That's the that's yeah. the word now. One billion and once. <laughs> But the uh, when I first started doing the show, my mom had told me that she had um, she had left a she had gotten a, a DVD or a CD burnt of voicemails that her mother had left her and her best friend had left her, and she said, uh, "You know how like when someone passes away, you forget what their voice sounds like," and I was like, "I don't want that for me. Uh, I want to I want to make sure I want to make sure." All of who I truly am exists in an audio platform where nice. leaves behind nice. something if I'm not here to tell you how much I truly appreciate you and how much I truly uh, truly care. That's what, like why it was really important for me to 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 have my mom on and say things to her on the record on the podcast because you know if 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 she loses me. Or one day, if I lose her, I can go back and listen to how much we mutually respected each other and how proud I am of who she is and how proud she is of me. I love that. So I say that. Corey, you just hit the key. Look, again, why you started is just as important as why you keep going. And someone just listening to that, I love that. That's the first time I've heard someone put it that way. And I love that because you're talking legacy now. You're talking being able to, especially in today's day and age, how quickly it is when people don't really connect, truly connect with each other. To, and then all of a sudden when it's too late, they go, I wish I would have. And to be able to have that voice, to be able to say, hey, you know, I'm recording this because I want you to remember me. Like, that's awesome. I truly love that. So let's, let's flip the tables on you. Okay, so Corey, you're now on my podcast which is called the authority key can, can, can we can we just one second before we get to that i want to make sure i make sure i get this out before before i forget uh i want to i want to uh very much say how grateful i am how much i i adore and respect the light and energy that you have and how much i i appreciate you spending the currency of your effort because Effort is more of a currency than money is because we can spend our effort anywhere. And it's not just, you know, it's not just dollars. It's more than that. So the fact that, you know, you're, you're an important person. You're, you're this international author and, and, and you're the number one guy. You're the number one guy. And you've, you've carved out this time to hang with me. So I want to tell you how grateful I am. And I'm, I, I want to make sure I, I say how, like you were talking about the things you love. You were talking about the things you love and you sharing with me the things that you love is, is like such a blessing to me. And I want to, to 
reflect on that by saying how how much I love the resources that connect people. And this 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 platform right here, this vehicle, is the resource that connects you and I as friends. This is the longest conversation we've ever had. Uh, and here, here it is. This is this this is maybe the first of many. You know, then yeah. and I, I think that's great. And I hope that we can continue to be friends. Now go ahead with go ahead with your with your question. <laughs> I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, this is Robert Raymond Realpel bringing you the authority key, how to unlock and open your door to success. And I'm really feeling blessed to have an amazing gentleman as my guest today. His name is Corey Castle and he's all about evolving. And Corey, first of all, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on my show today. Thank you, Robert. Oh, thanks, for the, thanks, thanks for the invite, man. It's so grateful. I'm so grateful. Well, so Corey, you know, you have a, a background of wrestling. So what got you into wrestling? Why did you like wrestling? Um, so um, I was, uh, I was uh, uh, an awkward kid and a weirdo and uh, outcast from the rest of the kids who liked sports and stuff. And I just never connected with that stuff. And wrestling spoke to me in the... Um, the, the storytelling of it all and the, the, the drama of it all and the, the making you feel things. And I, I connected on that so much more. And it, it got me to meet friends who were also into it. And those are some people like I met, I met friends who were also wrestling fans when, when I was a kid that I'm still friends with now. And I'm, I'm 37 years old. So, I mean, like I've had the same, I've had some of my same friends since I was like 12 or 13, just being wrestling fans together. Nice. And one thing that you meant is about telling the story through wrestling. And a lot of people, they see wrestling as just a form of entertainment. They don't realize the work that goes on in behind the scenes. So give us an example for you to be able to learn a new move or choreograph a wrestling match with a new opponent. What kind of work did that take? Well, I, it's, it's funny because I, when, when I'm talking about, when I'm talking about pro wrestling to people who aren't wrestling fans, which the most people aren't, most people don't get it and aren't. And this is something I apply to every match I have too, because I go, there's a good chance. There's a bunch of people here who aren't wrestling fans and they're here seeing pro wrestling for the first time. So I want to make sure they're probably already skeptic about it. They're probably already in their head. They're like, probably like, uh, this sucks. I can't believe I got dragged to this. And I'm going to show them something different than what they're going to see before me and what they're going to see after me. If, if they're go if a match goes on after me, because I'm always the main event. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, it. sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, and see, and then Corey, you also right, transitioned. Right. You also transitioned from being a wrestler to doing stand-up comedy. Well, and I didn't. Did I didn't quit wrestling. I'm still wrestling. <laughs> oh God, perfect. And so, give me one similarity. What have you been able to take from your wrestling experience and career into stand-up comedy? Well, I mean, that that same thing I was just talking about where it's like there's a good chance none of these people had ever seen comedy before. There's a good chance that people already have their minds set on what this is going to be. So I want to make sure I give them something different than what they expect from when they just see me. Because, of course, there's going to be a judgment from the appearance of me because I don't look like everybody else. I don't like when they go, oh, there's who's this guy, this this guy with his with his man bun and like, oh, he's. He's like different looking than all the other comedians that are on stage. So it's like I the the 
it's it's like the instant gratification of uh fans popping at a wrestling show fans uh reacting in a way to a move is the exact same thing in comedy but it's like the gratification of getting a big laugh is just the same as getting a big reaction from a move except for i don't have to take my clothes off and no one punches me right and you know look for the listeners what i want them to understand is you just actually gave the great system for being in a business see well everybody else is trying to look like everybody else and act the same as everybody else you just described that by being you and being original and going most of the people don't know who i am so if you have a product or service take it that most people won't know who my business is until i make a lasting impression and so in business you want to be you and make that lasting impression and then carry that through on everything you do just like you did in the comedy because that's a similarity so Corey, i want to thank you for being on my show because you just taught people all about business and i appreciate that thank you robert thanks so much <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me i appreciate i appreciate you spending the currency of your effort on having me as a guest on the authority hour <laughs> love it <laughs> and that's a wrap <laughs> that's but, See, so, and that's so, one of the things I want you to realize is, is because when we talk about repurposing information, you're creating so much valuable information right now that you can turn around and put into life lessons for other people. Like just the, just the value of what you said, most people won't know who I am. So I want to make sure they know the difference between me from the wrestler or comedian before me and the wrestler and comedian after me. So many people are afraid to show up and be themselves. One of the things I believe, Corey, is that the greatest gift that we can give this planet is to be us. Show up for whatever that looks like, because either people are going to like you or they don't. And if they like you, that's awesome. If they don't, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they'll find other people who check all the boxes they need checked. I won't check all the I won't. Pro- I don't promise you. I'm going to check any of those boxes. I, That's I will. Right. I will not show up and tell you that I'm this or tell you that I'm that. I will never tell you I'm funny. I will never tell you I'm smart. I will never tell you that I'm humble. That's not. It's not something I'll do because this is a point I make all the time. And if and if this applies, use it. You can give me credit if you want. If not, whatevs. But but the, the, I say. I always say. Uh, if I tell you I'm funny and I tell you I'm smart and then I have a 10 minute conversation with you and in that conversation I was wrong once and I was and I never made you laugh once I'm not only unfunny but I'm a liar mm. and, I, and I, how brilliant is that how and, and I hope your listeners just got that and I'm glad that you say it again and in because that's brilliance right there that's context right there you don't, if you have to, if you feel you have to tell people who you are, they're now going to be having attachment to watch for every piece of evidence to prove that you're not. Right. Because but they, if you just it, show it, up it, and it, the expectations are up here when yeah. the expectations shouldn't be existing at all. The, the exactly. expectation, cause I'm, I'm not only, I'm only put, I'm not only putting that expectation on you to judge me against what I've advertised. I'm putting I'm putting expectations on myself to make sure I deliver in that. And what if I don't? I'm not perfect. I, I, I definitely. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? What? 
Cancel, cancel this. Cancel this appointment. Corey, you just crushed me saying you're not perfect. Oh. <laughs> Good thing we're not having fun, right? No, yeah, absolutely. This this sucks. <laughs> and then and look, this comes back to that point. I believe that there's way too many serious people on this planet. And life is too short not to have fun. If if nothing else, that someone listened to us just bantering back and forth and got one little chuckle, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because, and even if they go, okay, and I thought I was weird until I met these two. Perfect. Because if you got more self-confidence listening to the bun man and hairless man, so you got hair today, gone tomorrow, you know, what better than that? Well, I, there's a there's a there's a, a question that I've had that I've been sitting on, and you've had me wondering about it for a while. What? How how tall are you? Five foot six and a half. Okay. And the half inch is very important at that height. One <laughs> <laughs> of my one of my closest friends is that exact height, and he always like whenever we have any conversations about anything, he always goes, "Yeah, but you're tall." Like that's the that's like the 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 the, the like the blanket statement for explaining why I'm happier or I'm uh, or I'm more successful in any way, and I'm like, "Ah, well, I." don't think that's it because i could be taller I, I would be happier if i was taller than i am but all of us can and this is a joke i do on stage and i've probably done it on this podcast a million times i say i say can we can we all agree that we're gonna stop comparing ourselves to other people and you're like look at when you look at somebody and you're like that person's got a good car they got a good job they got a nice house they must have everything all right everything's good for that person but the way i look at it you know birds birds some of them still get hit by cars they got the whole sky not everybody's got yeah. it all figured out yeah <laughs> and and i'm glad you brought that up because um one of the things i'm always teaching people is right in what you said Corey, is is misery all misery comes from expectation and expectation comes from when we start comparing ourselves to others this is one of the downsides of social media that drives me bonkers is that in social media, people love to put their, um, their you know, you, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but do you remember the old 45 LPs? Is one song on one side, turn it over, one song on the other side. Okay, small Sorry. record, I'm just saying that. Think of a, think of a CD, but a little bit bigger, one song <laughs> yeah. on each side. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know what, I think now that you've mentioned it, I think when I was like, when I was like four and five, I had like Mickey Mouse, uh, Mickey yeah, Mouse record I, player. Okay. That, had, okay. that had those singles. Yeah. Okay. So on these 45s, on the side A was always the greatest hit of whatever the singer was, the one mm -hmm. that everybody knew. Side B was a song that maybe someday they hoped would get some traction. So very few people. So uh, everybody was always listening to side A, right? And so right. what happens with social media is because people like to put, look how awesome I am, look where I'm at, look at the fun I'm having. And all of a sudden we look at their side A, their greatest hit, mm -hmm. and we automatically compare our side B, our misery pieces, 
to their greatest hits, and we wonder why we're freaking miserable. Well, well the, so the, quit comparing the, yourself to others. The the presence, the social media presence, is designed in such a way that makes your life feel like it's a billboard for the best parts. Because yeah. you're not like nobody. Nobody's following people who are like, ah, my life sucks. It's miserable. Block. I don't need it. Like, like uh, unless you've made a career out of being miserable on everything. And then that's going to attract the people who like to follow that crap. Absolutely. Can, can, can I quote me from earlier today where I said, I'm a, I'm a quote, a wise man. There you uh, go. Uh, I'm a, a very wise, very funny, very smart, very humble man. Once said, most people, if they, if they were told that, that they couldn't complain, they'd have nothing to ever talk about. That's right. That's so true. That's so true. You know, here's a little, if, if someone said, how can I change my life? I could actually give someone homework that if they do this homework for the next seven days, consistently for the next seven days, it would radically, radically change your life. And that homework is no complaining for the next seven days. No complaining. Not up here, not out here. So not saying and not thinking. If you catch yourself, just say, oh, good catch and start your seven days again. If you go seven days with, in a row without complaining, your life would be so dramatically different, you wouldn't recognize it to the life you had before when you were a complainer. It's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. That's... And just out of curiosity, how tall are you? I, I, I am, I'm, I'm 5'11", but I exaggerate and say I'm six foot tall. It says six foot tall on my license. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, one of the things I use, you, you want to know, and, and this is kind of, this is ego, but you know why? One of the reasons I originally loved going to Asia to do training. Because every, everyone's shorter than you? That's right. At five foot six, I now know what a six foot two person feels like because <laughs> I can reach down to hug people and look down and talk to them. Instead of having to look up, I'm like, this must be what it's like to be tall. This is awesome. <laughs> Dude, I meant to I meant to say this quote that uh, I heard I heard that it was like I heard that it was like a recovery quote in the in AA and stuff, but it's like expectations are resentments waiting to happen pretty and, much uh, I think yeah and that's like the quote i said earlier is all misery comes from attachment and expectation mm. and all misery and so when you have that expectation you have attachment to what is or what should be you're gonna have a miserable <laughs> life and um you know i'm a i'm a big believer i teach law of attraction didn't believe it before, but I am an absolute believer now. I've, I've mastered the skill of attraction because it's actually a, a process you can take to mm -hmm. master it in your life. And I, I'm a big believer in saying that everything happens for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. Mm -hmm. And because I, and most people have heard the first part of the quote, everything happens for a reason, but they've never heard the second part, that reason is there to serve me. And the reason that second part is so important is because it creates curiosity. So even if crap happens in your life, if you go, okay, instead of saying, why did this happen? You often go to the curious and you go, so why did this happen? Well, it I, gives you a whole different shift. You know, I have a, I have a very similar thought process on that. My, my thought process is a lot of things that, that did or didn't happen uh, was, 
when, when it came to like go, going like oh well like i did i did some some dates for wwe in like 2008 or 9 or something like that and then it's like oh well, well, well they they never they never did anything more with me like you know what now that i'm thinking about it me in 2008 i might not have been ready for that if they were ready to like do something like i wasn't good enough for that like i had to be more real and more accountable to like these aren't these aren't failures as much as they're like practice for when the stakes are higher and success is actually on the line. Yeah. And, and how many people can go like the fact that you just said in 2008, you actually had some dates on WWE. That's huge. How many freaking wrestlers, they don't even get to the W let alone the W E they just get to W and you made it to the WWE. Like right, right, that's right. huge. Right. I guess and, so. And, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just practice of gratitude, I guess. I gotta, t- I gotta drink that in for a second. Well, and, and do because th- see, if we had friends, I love the saying: if we have friends that treat us the way we treat ourselves, mm-hmm. they wouldn't we'd, be our friends for very long. Yeah, we'd have to find but, better friends. But we take it from ourselves. We beat ourselves up. You know, in in let's go back to wrestling. We're the underdog when it comes to how we treat ourselves. And unless we're willing to draw on that energy and make that comeback, everybody loves a victory, but people appreciate the comeback victory even more. And so I'm going to encourage your listeners, picture you in that wrestling match and you've been losing to yourself. You've been beating yourself up on how harsh you've been with yourself, on how you know, trivial you've made yourself feel and start making that comeback. You, start you, going, you know what? I'm greater than I thought I was. Out of confidence, not arrogant. It's a, it's a, but it's, start owning your greatness. It's time for the hope spot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> call, we're calling it in the ring, the hope spot. Oh, yeah. The absolutely. hope spot. That's but, it. And, and make that comeback. <laughs> Two more quick things, and then I'll send you off right into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake. Uh, first thing, first thing being... Uh, once again, well, like I was talking to you about that living on the record and, and kind of going into that like legacy part that we were talking about. And and this 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 vehicle, this platform, this audio, this video, this is outliving us. And uh or it's it's definitely outliving today. You know what I mean? It's gonna yeah. it's gonna we're gonna be a different version of ourselves when this is out than than we are at this very moment. This is yeah. This is this is the future to anybody listening. This already was recorded, and that, that's all stuff that fascinates the crap out of me. But I say that to say, in 20 years, in the year 2041, your wife stumbles across this audio. Your kids, your family, the people who love you the very most, the people who unconditionally love you the very most, want to just get a real, real, real quick, tight glimpse on who Robert really is and 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 get a message that's going to be received like so the next words you speak are being heard in the year 2041 this is what i'm calling audio time travel what's the words that you're saying always live with passion that's it that's, that's it. it right there keep, keep it very simple keeping it very simple drop the mic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, actually, Corey, that's the way I sign every autograph. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I sign off with every email is mm-hmm. always live with passion because, you know, be you and live in passion. And what more can you ask for in life? And you'll never know how you impact others when you do. It's, it's so cliche to say, uh, like, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. But like, there's so many it's other so people. There's so many other people who are so uncomfortable with being themselves that that if you weren't yourself, then who the heck would you be? Yeah, and and look, I I came from that journey. That's why I was pointing to myself. Right. Is I I was a world class people pleaser, mm-hmm. and until I let that shit go and realize this is me, like me or don't, and the people that don't like me for who I am, they only like me for who they want me to be. I, I wasted so much energy on them. Time that I could have been spending with the people that love me for who I am, not wanting me to be different, not wanting me to be this way or that way. That's the people I choose to be around today. Want to make sure I say, uh, before, before I get to what the close is, the way I wrap up every show, I'll, I'll do that in just a second. But I want to make sure I say, dude, I'm, I'm going to give you my phone number. Call me anytime. If I can ever be a resource for you in any way, uh, just to be a friend, just to be judgment-free conversation. If you have moments where you slip into that people-pleasing moment and you're just like, man, what's this funk I'm in? Call me. Anybody listening, if that's what you're going through, I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. Reach out yeah. to me. I'm, I'm real. I'm here. I'm, I have some of my favorite relationships with the people who, who call me out on this, the people yep. who, who, who take me up on this. This is... Uh, one of the, one of my favorite things that I've gotten about doing this show is that I get to make these like genuine connections with people. So if, if you and I, it, it seems like that's the, that's the, the direction we're heading. So if, if I can, if I can, <laughs> I think I already gave you my phone number, but yeah. absolutely, absolutely don't hesitate to ever reach out to me. If you have any questions or anything, if you if you want to text, I'm fi- I'm totally cool with that. I'm, I text all the time. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for you. All the oh, way. Oh, awesome. You have it just made me think. Call me anytime. Call me. Call me any anytime. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're paid the currency of my effort. And there we go. I love it. So the way I wrap up every show is uh we kind of already did this, but, uh, but, but what I do is hypothetically, I've gifted you this show. So at this point, it's evolving with Robert Ripple. So you would say at this point, any kind of like Jerry Springer's final thought, the major takeaways, the, the most important lessons that helped you evolve to a better version of yourself tomorrow. And then at the very end of that, just to keep it silly, do like the goofiest the goofiest impression, the most accurate impression that you've got in your arsenal. <laughs> well, it's not going to be accurate. It'll be goofy for sure. Yeah. Whatever I do, you know, <laughs> but look, uh, for me again, it is, it's that it comes down to that. Always live with passion and, and be there, be real, be you. And just know that there are people out there that are looking and waiting for you to show up in all your greatness, because we all have a gift to share. If you're still breathing, you have a gift to share. If you're still breathing, you have a reason to be here on this planet right now. And look, just like you were saying, Corey, reach out to you. It's easy to find me, robertrealpel.com. Look, as that gift for being on your show, go to robertrealpel.com, download the digital um, copy of my book, Success Left a Clue. Use it as a workbook. Use it. Don't just read it. Use it. Do the action steps. Watch how that's going to work. 
And I'll tell you, when you do that, it's, 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 let's go down to Yoda. Do or do not do. There is no try, right? You've got to be a person of action or you're a person of inaction. Try saying I'll try is the worst thing you can say in your vocabulary the, because you're giving yourself a reason to stop. Deliberate creator in your existence. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it just, I, I keep having fun in life. There's a lot of fun people around. Like I, you call on me, Corey, and say, hey, let's do another episode. I'm there. You say, let's just have some fun talking to some people. I'm there. Because when, it, when you find people that truly love to have fun like you do, that's, that's a rare thing. So appreciate it and appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This is this has been this has been so great, dude. I I I love the opportunity that I've got to learn some stuff. Maybe maybe I've even taught you some stuff. That's real cool. If 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 even if even one person learns anything from this conversation, and that one person is you, <laughs> that that makes me feel fulfilled. <laughs> no, no, let's let's get that impression. Well, I tried to do it with Yoda, but I'll do one my nephew, my oldest nephew, who's 41. He just taught me this last week. And it's Sean Connery. And it's God Shaved the Queen. <laughs> and, and if you so caught he, the middle word, I didn't yeah, say saved. <laughs> he, he, he blessed her with not being able to grow hair. Yeah, yeah. God Shaved the Queen. <laughs> you got to love Sean Connery. So. Well, uh, everybody, if this is your first time checking out Evolving with Corey Castle, if this is your first time checking out, maybe maybe if you're if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below, uh, like it, subscribe, follow it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you rate it. I always say this: let me know you exist. I need to know you exist. Leave a comment. Tell me who you are. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me whatever. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, comment, like, rate, subscribe, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Corey Castle. It's down here on the screen if you're watching the video. Follow follow Robert. Go check out his book. And tell the people that you love that you love them. Be kinder to yourself. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs>